I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Pin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to PinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word Sid. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. From our friends. 77 WABC. Carpet with a huge guest list today, including in studio Liz Pipko and Paul DiGiacomo. Also going to hear from Bo Deedle, Bill O'Reilly, Monica Crowley, and Anthony Cumia. But, of course, we start every weekday with a guy that gets great ratings, noon to one, every weekday afternoon. Tremendous ratings overnights on the weekend, but arguably does his best work right here with me about 7.10 every weekday morning. And that is the icon, the legend, Mr. Guardian Angel, my friend Curtis Sliwa. And I did play uh, last hour. Well, I didn't play it. The station makes me play it. Frank Morano, who I love. Oh, God. Frank's a great talent. He'll be on this show tomorrow. But every now and then he does these stories on, like, UFOs and exorcisms, which is, this is just me, okay? If you like it, great. I think it's dumb. But uh, it turns out I'm not alone because Curtis comes running in here. And uh, what are you you're yelling about Frank Morano? Now what? Well, you were talking about how you were banging the iron in the gym with, uh, with the Scotto girls. Yes. I was saying, wow, that's psychosexual. Let me tell you something. <laughs> and you used a term I haven't heard since uh, I was a kid. And everybody wanted to be Charles Atlas so they wouldn't have sand kicked in their, their face. You got to lift the dumbbells. Yes. That, do they still call them dumbbells? Uh, I still call them dumbbells. Well, guess what? Frank well, I call Morano. them weights, I guess, because, you know, if you, if you have the bench, you have the bar, you can put weights, plates oh, yeah. no, on no. the bench. But the dumbbells, and I put up some pretty heavy numbers, I still call them dumbbells. I'm telling you, in the 60s, Charles Atlas, you know, you'd have every geek on the beach, right, getting sand kicked in his face, <laughs> pimp slapped around. Got to be like Charles Atlas, lift those dumbbells. Let me tell you something. You know how bad that interview was by Frank Morano? No, leave him alone. Come the on. next day, <laughs> yeah. the director of The Exorcist, William Friedkin, died. 
It's true. Well, look at all the obituaries. That's not true. The very next day? Yes. Now, uh, he, French <laughs> Connection. He also did the French Connection. Was that not a great movie? That was great. And The Exorcist was a great movie. Linda Blair, her head spinning around yes. on her head. Yes. I think that's what we need from Frank Morano. <laughs> oh, my God. Please, please, do not play UFOs in the morning. You swore you wouldn't. Now you're doing exorcisms. You, you have the top show in the nation, Morning Show in the Nation. I did all the analytics. I did all the analytics. Oh, yesterday when the ratings came out for July? It's number one in the nation in the mornings. So why would you do that and chase your audience away? The woman's only radio, you know, uh, Opie and Dopey over there. Right? Oh, that's right. You're having what? Do- Opie Anthony, or Dopey? Anthony is a great oh, okay. talent. Right, yeah. Opie I never really uh, enjoyed all I'm that sure, much. I'm he sure. was like a traffic cop, kind of like you and Kobe. Oh. There's always one that's better than the other. We all know you were the better talent than Ron Kuby. Slowly, I turned step by step. Oh, no. You were going through a whole laundry list of partnerships that didn't work out. Well, first off, you know damn well Curtis Lee is not good with partners. I've had five wives, right? So you're, you're talking about <laughs> it starts there. Well, I can tell you this. I've only been here now for uh, seven years. I got back to WABC in 2016. That's not a long time. And my seven years here, I've seen you work with Ron Kuby. Yes. I've seen you work with Ebony K. Williams. Oh, yeah. I've seen you work with Rita Cosby. Yes. I've seen you work with... I saved you guys. I took Jets at Juliet. Juliet Huddy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure I'm missing a couple of more. Oh, I'm going to give you the laundry list. But let's establish this first. Way back there was a time. Where I was being invited down to St. Petersburg to the annual Daily News Convention with, which wife was that? I'm trying to remember. Anyway. I was there. That's right. You were in the stretch limo. Ira Ellenthal. You, New York Daily right. News. Ira Ellenthal, originally from Far Rockaway. He knew Carl Icahn. He knew all those guys. Uh, Drasna, who was a co-owner of the Daily News, who was from out there, used to be a cab driver. And you're in that stretch limo with me, and I forget which one of my wives. Bernie was there, too. Just no, no, he but was I, not He there. was not at that night. Exactly. Right, right. But you had this look on your face <laughs> of total disdain. <laughs> what the hell am I doing in this stretch? By the way, I go on to give this humongous speech because I was the Daily you Newspaper were Boy of the Year. I mean, I, they brought me to Richard Nixon. I almost caused the guy to lose his job. Because I said, is this all I get? A cheap pen and a tie clip? And by the way, you said you were going to end the war in Vietnam. <laughs> so they kicked my butt right out on Pennsylvania Avenue. The guy who came with me from the Daily News said, Kurt, I have a, I have a house. I have kids. They're going to fire me. I didn't care. But you had that look of disdain on your face. I did. And then you disappeared. Oh, they I were looking out. for you. Yeah. They said, we brought Sid Rosenberg here to St. Petersburg. Yeah. Have you seen Sid? Well, you guys really didn't know who I was at that point. And I did go out. I came back about 3 o'clock. Oh, no, I knew next who you were, I was out late. Yeah, uh, yeah. I oh, knew yeah. who you were. You know who I was there? I was there because I wrote a, uh, back then, for one year, I did a football column. It was a gambling column for football every Friday in the Daily News. Why am I not surprised? Yes, and guess who sponsored it? Mitchell Edis and Mohegan Sun. Yes, Mohegan. Yes, so they were brand new, just up in the hotel. Me and Mitchell have been close for years. So now, it was one the... of them, now, one of them looked like an Indian. No. <laughs> they all looked African-American, right? They yeah. all claimed to be yeah. Indians yeah. out there. Was Sean Hannity on that? I don't know. It wasn't Sean. No, no, no. It was you me, don't even you, remember. But, uh, there was one other famous person. 
Besides me, you and Bernie in Tampa. That oh, weekend. you are real, yeah, man. You were lost that weekend. Oh, I was high. You were in that car. It's yeah. Like, what the hell am I with? <laughs> with this JV broadcaster from? And yeah. I'm like, I, I'm talking to you, and you're like so spaced out. Yeah. You were like a space cadet. Like, Funny. get me out of here. Funny. You disappeared for the whole weekend. They're asking me. Could you find the search party? Send your guardian angels from Tampa out to find Rosenberg. You we- want the truth? I was at a strip club with Bubba the Love Sponge. I can believe He that. was a big star in Tampa oh, back and, then. And was, was Hulk Hogan there ready to put his 30-inch uh, pythons around <laughs> Bubba the Love Sponge's neck? Was, was he a- having sex with uh, each other's wives? I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah. You it was were, a long time gone. ago. You were far I down. was gone. Yeah. And I'm saying to myself, man, this guy ain't even paying. I mean, he ain't even having a conversation. <laughs> He's like, I'm from Brooklyn. He's from Brooklyn. I'm throwing all these lines at you, and you're like, get me the hell out of here. I got to listen to this guy. Oh, my God. That's funny. See how I remember that? Uh, you See remember, remember everything, yes. But, oh, I remember in 35 years, every one of my partners in radio. Well, who was the one? Give me a whole list of these people. First off, never have your wife or your husband... On with you as a partner. You know, right now, Kelly Ripper is doing that with Mark Consuelos. That is the worst show I've ever is seen. It really is? Oh, my God. Yeah? Well, I, I like mean, both of them. Both I know, but cute. please, enough already. All enough. Right. You know, okay. I want to I project our vomit. <laughs> so, anyway, the well, point is... Well, you shows with your uh, significant oh, others. First, Lisa, right? First one in the mornings. Lisa. And we're brought in there to save the mornings because you got no ratings, none. And then I realized. What station was that? That's the WABC, the old WABC. They bring us into the general manager. He goes, don't disgrace us. I listen to Imus every morning. I never listen to the morning show here. This is the general manager. Then the program Who director. Who was that? Was that Steve Borneman? No, no, before no, no. him. Well, Wait, before him. I'm going to get to this oh, guy, boy. Steve Borneman. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I'm an Imus guy. I go into John Minnelli. He's the program director. Yes. Very yeah. anal. He goes, yeah. I wake up 728 every morning, and I listen to Howard. Don't do anything to disgrace us. I look at Lisa. I said, now I know why they never had a good morning show here. <laughs> the very people who are running the station don't listen. That's why I walk around here and I bust people's stones. I said, do you listen to the station? Sales, programming, or, hey, come on, a lot of them don't even listen to the station. Even some of our hosts and hostesses, they don't even listen no. to the very station no. that gives them a paycheck every two weeks. They love that when the money goes <laughs> into the account. But if you would give them a simple test, no, I can give a WABC listener a test. They no. know, right. but our own hosts and hostesses, I don't know, I'm watching TV. Right. I'm watching Fox so, News Channel. I'm watching no. News Well, they're not watching Fox News Channel. The whole damn cast works across the street. Oh, God. Like That's, seven of them. But anyway. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So we start with Lisa, and you know what happens there. Yeah. Uh, I end up getting divorced, and I'm reading it on the front page of the New York Post. No internet at that time. We come in in the morning to do show prep. I said, what the hell is this? And she she goes, didn't tell you? What? No, she said, well, they told me that it would be sealed. I'm sure Danielle, who's done family and matrimonial, my lawyer said it would be sealed. It would never see the light of day. I said, it's on the front page. <laughs> then, worse than that, Sid, is that you had to have a reason back then. There was no no-fault divorce. So I'm reading through, and it says, withheld privileges, husbandly privileges, which means you weren't having sex. You weren't having sex, right. Right. I said, Lisa, 
I got shot five times with hollow point bullets. One of them went right through my three-piece set. I'm wearing a colostomy bag, and you use that as an excuse. And she goes, well, you, you never beat me up. I hold all the money. Uh, you weren't abusive to me mentally or physically. So my lawyer said, well, you got to choose something. Oh so I said, God. we're holding favors oh. all in the papers. Then that morning, all the Gabon's calling up. Oh, you shoot blanks, huh? Oh. I'm in the streets. I'm getting into fights oh. with the Supreme Cuisines. That's one of the dangers of doing morning radio oh, with your spouse. Yeah. She went one way, I went the other way, and that was the start of misery. Oh, boy. Then they put me with Ron Kuby, whose mommy is a comic. <laughs> yeah. when, he fr- when they first start with you as a partner, if you're the experienced one, they understand you're the bus driver. Somebody's got to drive the freaking bus. Sometimes I've had partners that clearly I was the better bus driver. But they still wanted right. to do it. Yeah, you need someone to bring you in and bring you out. Right. And, and keep within your parameters. 100%. That was always me. Yeah. Ron Kuby, after a little time, starts going. He goes in with management. We're sitting there. And he goes, look, I've analyzed the hour from yesterday. He had more talk time than me. Oh, my God. I've heard Stop this. Watch. You know, Stop You know watch. I've heard this. Yes. You know I've been in that same I, meeting. You had. Who cares? What? What? You yeah. actually put a yeah. stopwatch to it? Oh, uh, yeah. People do that. He's going, you know, lawyers. You know, they got all the <laughs> yeah. paperwork. He's like Cacapina, you know, I dollar <laughs> making his case. So they looked at him and they said, look, you get no sales. Nobody wants to advertise with you. You're uh-huh. you're a commie. You're against capitalism. It's Sliwu who generates all the money. I was right. the king of the live read. Sure. And he still goes, oh, no. Without me, there is no show. So did they create a segment or something just to make him happy? Oh, yeah. Something about oh, uh, yeah. Ron Kuby Right. Up. You know, <laughs> shout-outs to all of his uh, criminals uh-huh. that he was yeah. trying to get out. Yeah. And then we're in the middle of the Gotti trial, right? The ratings have never been better because we're the only show, obviously, talking about Gotti trying to kill me, kidnap me, destroy me. And they sent Frank Morano, who all of a sudden... He was your producer? Yes. Frank Morano? Yes. They sent Frank Morano, and all of a sudden, the guys are smart. They realize, look at this guy. He's, a, he's like a white Urkel, you know. He's a fuddy-duddy. <laughs> so they have the oldest sister of the Gotti clan, Angel, come up to him. Oh, Frank, you're so extraordinary. you supreme cuisine. And she's holding on to him all through the trial, right? And actually, he he started off being in the middle. Now he's sitting with the Gottis. Oh, my God. Is that, is that where it all started? Because yeah. when he married Rachel, all the Gottis were there. He's oh, friends yeah. with no, all no, of them. It, it all started with the oldest daughter, Angel. She's older than Victoria Jr. She's older than John Gotti Jr. who tried to kill me on the orders of John <laughs> Gotti Sr. This idiot didn't realize that she was the honeypot. The moment the trial was over, Angel was like, lose my number. <laughs> lose my What a sucker. So anyway, uh, you, you know, part of it. Uh, so then, then they get rid of Kuby and they bring in Jeffrey Lickman, who was the attorney representing John Gotti Jr. I'm telling you, I said, what did I do in my life? This guy, Jeffrey Lickman, if I remember correctly, who's a bit of a douche, I have to be honest. Yes, Bernie yes. and Jill liked him. We had him on the show. Oh, no, no. But I think he also represented... The guy in Brooklyn, the drug dealer, the 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 the, uh, the big drug dealer. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. in Brooklyn. What was his uh, name? Oh, oh, of course. Hey, little shorty, uh, Pablo Guzman, you know, or whatever. No, Pablo Guzman. That was uh, the uh, talk the radio big one, guy. The big the big guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah you no, know. he was actually short. Yeah, he was short, was right? Exactly right. Yeah, the biggest yes. narco terrorist in the world. Yeah. And he's saying he's innocent. He's yes, innocent. Yes, I'm yes. getting the narco terrorist dollars. I'm <laughs> loving it. So anyway, that didn't work out. 
So then they put me in in the afternoons with your favorite, Chris Cuomo. Oh, my God. Who at that time had no opinion whatsoever. I can't have an opinion, right? So this is before Chris Cuomo did Channel 7, like WABC. Yeah. That's no, no, no. That was in an interim. He was oh. using it for contract negotiations. Gotcha. Gotcha. He was going from uh, Nightline at Night to Good Morning America. And he wanted to show, well, I don't have to do this anymore. I'm working with Curtis. Oh, that was, I hated that. The son of Mario <laughs> Faccia Bruta Cuomo, Chris Cuomo, who was afraid. Right, you know how what it was to do a radio program with oh. a guy who has no brains, a oh, muscle yeah, between yeah, both ears, and the worst part when you mentioned Steve Borneman, slowly I turned step by step. <laughs> they put this guy in charge of WABC, a rock and roll guy, right? FM, freaking moron, feeble-minded, fornicating madly, free marijuana, and that is, applies to Frank Morano too. And he goes to me, he sits me down, and he goes, "You know, you sound uneducated. You sound stupid." This is when I was with. Uh, Ron Kuby, whose mommy is a commie. So he puts threes a company in there. He puts Mark Simone in with Kuby and me, and Mark Simone goes, what the hell am I doing I here? never knew this. So Mark Simone worked with you two guys before he went he, to WOR, became a midday sensation. every second of it. No kidding. And you want to know why Mark Simone hates, despises, loathes Frank Morano? Why? Because Frank Morano was the producer, and Mark Simone said something when the three of us were in the room, and Frank corrected him over the year. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, oh my no. God. You know, typical Frank. Oh, you know, he's boy. always got to put his two cents playing in. <laughs> yeah. This guy, since that day, if he had a gun, he would shoot Frank Morano six times reloaded, shoot him again six now, I know times. they don't like each other. In fact, at one point, Frank Morano said something about Simone, and even John and Margo got upset. Let me tell you something. That was the dumbest thing ever. Steve Borneman, if you're out there at some two-watt FM radio station, <laughs> I'm uneducated. I've been doing this for 35 freaking years. I'm a survivor. Imagine it. Look at me and say, you're uneducated. Yeah. You sound stupid. I, 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 I only met that guy once. I was in Florida, and Mark Lepselter was my agent. I wanted to get back to New York. And uh, we said, let's give WABC a try. Imus was here. And we knew what Imus always wanted me back. No matter what he said, I love Warner all nonsense. So I did meet in Borneman's office with Steve for about 35, 40 minutes. And I thought we had a shot to get back. And he never called Oh, you're kidding. This guy, <laughs> all he wanted to do was be in a rock and roll band. The guy knew nothing. <laughs> and then, obviously, David Patterson was my co-host in the afternoons at AM 970. What? Yeah, four years of my life, I'll never get back. Nobody Not listens only to that, that but station. He was, then he started banging your wife. Well, let me tell you something. I introduced him to my wife, Mary, at the time. <laughs> oh I, I did like uh, any, uh, any uh, young, right? Take my wife, please. Right, take my wife, please. And he did, <laughs> proving that love is blind. Love is <laughs> absolutely love blind. Is but now, let me get to the main thing. You know, here it is. You, you bring in Gnome Lady, oh right? This, this little booker boy, this Jewish boy from the Heights in Jersey City. And you're talking to him about the SUVs that Eric Adams, who promised he would ride subways every day and be Pee Wee Herman in the afternoon riding his bicycle. That was like the dumbest photo I ever saw, him on the bicycle with the helmet. Now, you, you say tricked out? No, it's not tricked out. It's pimped well, out. Well, I didn't say that. Dominic Carter said yeah, that. Yeah, no, no. It... it, it you see, no, no one's a hood rat here. I'm a hood rat. 
You say tricked out, I say pimped out. You say tricked out, I say pimped out. Because it's from Pimp My Ride. Remember MTV? Yes. Everything. So yes. he wants that SUV to stand out. He's and, and in the hood, man, drug dealers and pimps have those kind of hooked up SUVs. He wants the mesh grill, the 20-inch chrome rims, the smoke glass, the double-barreled ex, uh, exhaust. And he wants to accessorize it at our expense. Inside is suede interior and a monster stereo. System because he's saying, Yo, I'm the man. I'm Eric Adams. He wants to be pimped out. When you say tricked out, say pimped out. That's his thing. He's like, Shaft, I'm a bad mother. Watch your mouth. By the way, you got to look at the piece in the New Yorker. It's 40 pages on this guy. And they come to the conclusion you can't believe anything he says about his life. They have it down. Every fact, everything he's ever said, they said, Untrue, untrue, untrue. He is the Biden of Brooklyn. I'm telling you, when you compare everything that Biden has said about his life that is completely untrue, match it up. I know it's a, a lot, 40 pages for you, Sid. You're with the dumbbells in the morning talking to the Scotto girls. By the way, proving you don't have pro projectile dysfunction <laughs> of your three-piece set. You read those 40 pages, and Sid, you will, you will understand why truly Eric Adams is the Biden of Brooklyn. He makes up everything. His complexion is his protection. Read the New Yorker magazine piece. I know many of you. Is. Isn't that for wasps who drink scotch all day and get drunk at night? Read the New Yorker, and you will see the real Eric Adams that I've been telling you about. You can't believe anything about what this guy says about his life, just like his hero, Joe Biden, that's why he is the Biden from Brooklyn.